Hello and welcome to Counterpressed on The Ringer and Spotify. It's a Thursday show, which means a little bit of pop culture, but also we have the Women's FA Cup final on Sunday at a sold-out Wembley for the very first time. Manchester United versus Chelsea. So we will be doing a little bit of both for this episode. And I know some people on Twitter have been wondering, how the hell are the Counterpress team going to be able to fit Women's FA Cup and Eurovision into the same episode? But it is the gayest weekend ever created by man. <laughs> so or how woman. the hell would we not, you know, or woman or any being or non-binary person. (laughs) You bigot. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, it it couldn't have worked better, this calendar. Obviously, we were all exceptionally excited when the UK got to host Eurovision. Um, Shout out Sam Ryder for a song that I didn't really rate, but was one of the bookies' favourites from the off for... um, it's not, I want to say Rocket Man, but it's basically like fight, fake Rocket Man. What is it? It's like. I um, don't know. I famously was so drunk from the men's <laughs> FA Cup final last year that I actually have zero recollection of Eurovision. <laughs> Spaceman, that's it. So. I'm in space. Yeah, it's not a banger, I would say. But he it's, also just. He's so out of tune whenever I've heard him sing. <laughs> he's very extra. He's kind of. He made it um, through TikTok during oh the pandemic. God. Do you remember when we thought we saw him in Turin? Yeah, vaguely. Where were we? He's just a random man. Yeah, we were there for the Champions League final, obviously, and we'd gone to this little brewery place and we (laughs) thought this man with long hair outside the brewery was Sam (laughs) Ryder. Yes, no, I remember. We had to walk past him several times before we decided it wasn't him. (laughs) I wasn't there. Funny. Had you or you'd already scooted off? I think. Was that the night of the final, after the final, or before? I think I was actually in a grump somewhere else. <laughs> Having a tantrum. You definitely came there and then you scooted away. I remember that oh, very sco- clearly. Oh, like actually, sco- like you weren't scoot, being like scoot. scooted as like No, 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 a, you were like on your electric was on scooter. a scooter. Yeah. But I think, yeah, maybe it was just Becky said, Sam not Ryan. now, Sam Ryder. Don't have time for this. Yeah. Oh. Leave wow. you in my dust. Well, it was one of the highlights of the trip. <laughs> Not seeing Sam Ryder. Not seeing Sam Ryder. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so UK came second. Obviously, because what is happening in Ukraine, Ukraine are unable to host. So UK have taken on that responsibility. And Liverpool, woo, woo, woo. Becky's hometown, representing. Fantastic little uh, welcome show as well that was on on Monday evening. Outside... I don't know, St. like St. George's Hall, which they said on the programme as part of the Eurovision money, the EBU has helped restore oh. that building, which is very exciting. Should we have taken the money if it that shouldn't have that gone to Ukraine? I think there is some kind of support for like also happening. Right. Yeah. Stuff there is now, I guess, like right. could cost quite a lot. Yeah, like the the, the cost of, of hosting it. But um, yeah, so that was really cool. Um, some legends of Liverpool doing a few speeches, a lot of Beatles references as there would be. Obviously. Uh, we wanted to go, didn't we, Becky? Uh, but solidarity... Solidarity with striking workers, always. but I am very sad. But it, you, Also, honest, our plans were really foiled when Jilly retired, thus depriving... Well, my, d- my dad said that I could stay at his, and oh, I, I basically booted him out to his girlfriend's. He said he'd leave me a quiche as well. I thought you said key, not quiche. <laughs> he said he'd leave me a quiche. He'd obviously leave me a key, but also a quiche. Um, yeah. But I had a friend's From birthday. From what I know about your dad, he would not have... St- Struck me as a he's a chef, man. isn't he? He's a no. chef. Yeah, yeah. but he I worked. Love he, he worked in a bistro for a while, so like a lot of stuff like that, like stuff like they would cook a lot of stuff in the morning that it wasn't they like to order. Yeah, so I think a quiche is a class. I love a quiche. I had a friend as well who scouse and was also going to kick out her parents, and we we're all going to stay in her parents' house, but. Is, I think actually this is the only downside of this iconic gay weekend combo is it's quite hard to then get it's back down. It's that 2.30 kickoff. It was, yeah. If it was a 5.30, I'd feel more confident. But yeah, I have a friend's birthday on Friday, so I, I could have sacked off my friend's birthday, gone on the Friday. But I'm just worried about the train strikes still kind of being dodgy for this Sunday morning and missing the Women's FA Cup final. Yeah, I've thought deeply about it, though, because Eurovision in your hometown is pretty much we once in really a lifetime. We were really keen, weren't we? And Women's FA Cup final happens every year, so I'm like, well, which one should I risk? But it was also really hard. Like I didn't even get close to getting tickets. It was worse no. than Glastonbury. Did so you guys try and get tickets? Yeah, yeah but oh. way too late. Did you try it at the right time? Because yeah. I was just thinking that I could. Stupidly... He's very good at ticketing. You're a good ticketing person. Oh, thank you for being kind to me because it's Women's FA Cup weekend, and last time I fucked it up. <laughs> 
No, but I am relieved that you've already handed me my tickets for the Women's <laughs> FA Cup final. Yeah, so. there were, last year there was a bit it of drama last around head count. Two years, two ago, years ago, no, it was the December one. It was, it was the, December, the middle yeah. one. I yeah. still don't know what happened, but I have written. I've bought twenty-four tickets. It's a very big group, and I have written names on the back of every ticket, so I know that everybody has one, and I can give them to them and be like, "Here you go, done." Yeah. Because last time you didn't have enough. I think I lost. <laughs> I think I lost Jesse's respect that day. We it was just the stress of realizing outside Wembley that we did not have the one day. I, one day I'm going to look through that group chat and work out what happened because I am in. I am actually quite sure that I didn't fuck it up. I think that there was like a miscommunication between some people and. I had the right amount. But we all got in in the end. So and luckily, fine. one of my friends had a massive argument with his girlfriend that morning, so didn't end up coming. So we had a spare. So <laughs> thanks perfect. to straight couples for arguing <laughs> and allowing people to get to the Women's FA Cup final. Um, today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of Women's FA Cup preview. Um, so a little bit of football chat. But then we're going to get stuck into a little Eurovision game. We're going to be coming up with our own mini Eurovision song contest that we're going to be hosting with a WSL twist. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be very exciting. And Becky is going to be our head judge. Um, do you want like a little Strictly nickname or are you just going to be... I'll have a think about it while, okay, while, we'll while it. you guys are talking football for the first bit. Um, <laughs> Becky's just going to zone out for the next 15 minutes. I've bowed out of the competition because I keep winning them. So I'm going to let someone else step up and, and take the take the win today. Wow. Did you win so it? I don't remember. How many of these competitions have you Twice. won? What were the, the two? Con- the Conti Cup one. And what was it? Uh, and then there was another one and I can't remember what it was, but mine was clearly the Convenient. Winner. What was it? Self-appointed winner. <laughs> well, I definitely won the Conti Cup one. Okay. Well, we'll that find was, out, won't yeah. we? So. so let's get into some Women's FA Cup preview next. Right, Jesse, this is one that Chelsea have won a fair amount. It's a big occasion. Be bored of it. <laughs> Could never be bored. <laughs> Could never be bored. Never. This is one that Manchester United have never won. They've never been to a final before, so it's massive. We had quite a lot of ticket discourse dominate the lead up to this game, but sounds like everyone got their tickets after all the drama, and I want to set the record straight and congratulate the FA because I spend most of my time learn into them um, but they also deserve credit when they do pull off some big things and selling out Wembley for the Women's FA Cup final is a massive achievement so credit to them for basically nearly getting their ticketing stra- strategy bang on they probably could have given both clubs a little bit more of their a- allocation but I think Jesse it made more sense for them to try and fill Wembley as early as possible before working out who the finalists were. And it's kind of worked out. Yeah. In the, in the current climate, climate as well of like buying habits, this was kind of the best way to go, right? Becky is going to get cancelled for revealing she bought 24 tickets. <laughs> yeah, And uh, I have 23 the... friends coming And we filled them all, basically. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I think, obviously, with the Champions League final, that one feels more bizarre because of how small mm. the stadium is um it it's hard and i can understand the frustration around fans wanting a bigger allocation um in, in terms of like also just being able to create a bigger atmosphere but i think it is easy to forget that the fa are also still learning like i don't think necessarily you know we're going to go from what What's the previous highest? Like, like 45, 50,000? Like yeah, all the way up to a sold out Wembley. Like, that's a pretty massive jump yeah. in demand. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the key will be to make sure that they learn from it in future years. Uh, fortunately, as a Chelsea fan, I obviously was just happy to buy my ticket very early because <laughs> I knew we would make the final. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. I'm really, really excited and definitely. From a Chelsea perspective, obviously, like we have won the the last two at Wembley, but um, the opportunity to play in front of a sold out Wembley like definitely makes it feel a little bit more special. Yeah, and hopefully those that you know the neutrals who are now neutrals because their team didn't get to the final, which will probably be like mostly Arsenal fans, 
they should probably just turn up anyway because it's a big gay convention and one of the funnest weekends of the year. So I'm sure a lot of them are not going to just not turn up. Yes, the weather is going to be raining again for a Women's FA Cup final because it always rains. Like one normal day of Women's FA Cup final weather, please, will never happen. But I do think, you know, a lot of these people will want to go regardless. And I know it's been a sore topic for Manchester United fans, but they didn't exactly sell out their allocation within minutes it actually took them what what well, i don't over get, a week i don't get about the united thing is the main drama seems to be that united only put their tickets on sale to season ticket holders for a really long time yeah, that's right. the manchester Whereas united problem what chelsea <laughs> normally do is they do a, give your season ticket holders a day yes yeah, yeah. so you get priority that's what most yeah. clubs do yeah well yeah. when you're not used to being in finals <laughs> oh, savage <laughs> Like yeah. it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's going to be really exciting. Um, and I'm sure much is the case sometimes, you know, with the Euros final, with people who bought ahead. Like in the end of the day, I'm sure everyone who wants to get a ticket will probably get a ticket. So if you are still searching for a ticket, have a look on social media, ask your friends, because inevitably there are always spares, even with the Arsenal game, which was a sellout. I managed to get hold of tickets on the day because my girlfriend and her dad suddenly decided that they wanted to come last minute. So like just, you know, Ask around. I'm sure we'll be able to get a ticket and hopefully everyone turns up. But anyway, that's enough ticket discourse. Just one more. You'd rather have... (laughs) I'm not done. (laughs) You'd rather have a sold-out Wembley than, like, a 45 capacity, but, like, loads of United fans. Like, obviously, it will be great. So just wind your neck in. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, Right, so to the actual game then... Obviously, it's a massive opportunity for Manchester United. So my the main question on my mind, and I we did a little kind of sit down with with uh, Aaron Cuthbert last week, kind of previewing the final. And my main question is, are we going to see a dip- different Manchester United to we've seen in the past against Chelsea? Because Chelsea's record against them is very good. They've never lost against Manchester United. So... Are we finally going to see something different? Because for me, I think Manchester United will have to do something different if they're going to beat Chelsea. Yeah, it, it's a big, it's a lot for United, isn't it? Like if you put themselves in their shoes, kind of the first time in in a really major final, um, not necessarily had that experience, and against a team that they've they've never beaten, but. Equally, what a place to beat Chelsea for the first time if you were going to do it. And there are players in that Man United team who've got a lot of experience in uh, scoring big goals at Wembley, which is maybe the thing that personally makes me feel a little bit nervous. Um, I definitely feel like... It's it's hard to look past Chelsea being favourites, but I think obviously in a one-off game... uh, United are a good enough team and and can push Chelsea close enough to to beat them. And to that extent, I find it quite hard to call how this one goes. United do get that benefit of the week to prepare. Chelsea obviously played Leicester. So I don't know how much that might have impacted them. So, But I do think Chelsea have, despite... Conti Cup finals not being their forte they've made FA Cup finals they've put in some much better performances uh, obviously the Arsenal one being the standout one weren't so good against City last year but pulled it out of the bag Sam Kerr's like the only player who loves Wembley more than Ella Toon I think at this point in time so but her girlfriend won't be there this time but her mm, girlfriend won't be there this time. So. But there was that period of time when we thought Christy Mewis was a bad so luck true, charm. true, true, actually. Yeah. Um, I want chaos, right? And I think that... So I know I've said this to you before, and obviously my mum will kill me for saying this, <laughs> but I think that I would rather United win just because it's something different and exciting. Boo! But I also just want to have a great night, and I just, like, know what... You will just go home. If they lose, <laughs> and I want to be in Rowan's on karaoke with you, so I very was torn. Thinking about this because I enjoyed karaoke <laughs> at the wedding so much, and I was like, maybe actually the one thing that could bring me back uh, from okay. the edge will be karaoke. We'll be but karaoke. I think I'd have to skip Box Park. 
just go straight I just wouldn't want to see any Manchester United yeah. fans you can go sit in a pub somewhere else and be upset for a while and then meet us at Rowan yeah, go process that it sounds like a, good yeah do you, actually I'll just book you a karaoke booth on your own oh at Rowan's and then you can just go sing like miserable I songs I will get my feelings out <laughs> like a toddler who's been sent to kind of like quiet time to go and reflect you're going to have to go look yourself in a room and just what scream what would be the song that you would sing if they lost and you were sad well, the song I opened with at karaoke at the wedding was Natalie and Brulia Torn. And I oh. actually think that would be yeah. perfect. What and about like, a, start... what's that one at the start of Bridget Jones? All by myself. <laughs> me in the karaoke room on my own. Don't want to be all <laughs> That'd be a good one. You need to start sad and then like build yourself back up. So then when I arrive, we can do... Um, high school musical. High school musical. Together. Of course. Breaking the, free. The Gabriella to my Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I will try and not be. I think the thing that makes me nervous about this game as well is uh, the stakes feel really high in terms of that feeling of like when you really think your team should win. Mm. That pressure of being like United have never beaten Chelsea makes it feel, I think, an extra level of intensity. Is it giving you horrible flashbacks to when I cursed Chelsea in the Conti Cup final against Arsenal because I said there was no chance that Arsenal would yes, win? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I'm doing precisely not that. The one thing that I am that does make me feel more relaxed is the return of Padilla Harder because she She's has galloping, repeatedly destroyed Manchester United as well. Yeah. Um, she yeah, she never gallops faster than when she gallops through the Manchester United defence. So I do think that's a very very big boost for Chelsea. Yeah, and I think there's a there's that mental side. I, I asked Aaron Cuthbert in that kind of roundtable we did. Do you think you will have the advantage because Chelsea have been to Wembley so many times now and had success? And they played in a lot of big games recently and, and done well. You know, obviously they did lose that Champions League tie against Barcelona, but across the two legs, like they did themselves proud and they weren't overwhelmed by the occasion. But she did reflect and say, yes, but, you know, think about Alessia Russo and Ella Toon. They won the Euros at Wembley. So there's not much pressure that can match that, especially Ella Toon, who scored that chance. So... I don't think they're getting too ahead of themselves thinking that they've got more experience in that regard. But I do think it's different because I think the the train that England were on towards success, there was just a different feeling around it. And I think for so many Manchester United players, this is the first experience they're going to have. Well, and, and aside from like Mary Earps obviously did start and play all of those games. Mm. But I think Ella Toon and Alessia Russo, and we've maybe seen this at points for United this season, although they've obviously helped them get to where they are. Actually, we've probably maybe seen it more for England rather than United, but that there was like a pressure off for them in the coming off the bench for England thing that maybe they haven't adjusted quite as well to as when they've been starting, at least for England. Now, I don't know if they all feel d differently about that because they've both started for United for a number of seasons now. Um, but you could also say this: both of them haven't had the greatest seasons. They've been good, but also I think people expected quite a lot more from them off the back of the Euros as well. Mm. So there's that added pressure of that. I think if you're looking at where United will feel most threatening, it, it will be Leah Golton up against probably Perisic, who I think has improved. I think lots of like you're saying. I think lots of Chelsea players have taken a lot of confidence from the Barcelona game, and I think Perisic is kind of one of those. Um, and I think, but that is the area where I would be most concerned in terms of like who is United's form player right now. And we know Chelsea have historically struggled with both Leah Golton actually uh, and wingers in general in, in those fullback areas. We know probably the team that's going to start for Manchester United because Mark Skinner is always fairly consistent with that. Sometimes he does kind of change out uh, Lucia Garcia and Nikita Paris. Paris has been, um, you know, a good hustler the last couple of weeks, scored against Spurs and she's just worked hard, I think, because um, she hasn't had the greatest of seasons and maybe people expected a little bit more from her on that move to Manchester United. But he's pretty consistent with that starting lineup. But for Chelsea, there's actually quite a few more options. And with that, I wanted to ask you, Jesse, about um, a back line who 
it's kind of against all odds, um, especially with the partnership of Madeleine Eriksson and Marin Melder, who came back against uh, Everton, had kind of become pretty solid in the last few weeks. And there were so many nerves about them, especially in the in the Barcelona tie. Um, but they've done really well. And Eriksson, especially with the armband, has kind of led into her leadership and experience. And, and I think that's really galvanised her. But if B- Kadisha Buchanan is available... Would you put her back in for this game or would you stick with the back four that we've now seen it and also stick with Ericsson and Mielder as that centre-back partnership? I think given the time Kadisha Buchanan has had out, it would feel risky to sort of throw her into this game and start, especially because Mielder and Ericsson, they do genuinely feel like a very good pair. And I think we even saw in the Liverpool game, obviously Mielder missing that game entirely. Um that again, Chelsea were a bit unsettled, I think, by having to to switch around their their defence all over. Um, so I think Mielda and Eriksson, like, I really can't fault, fault the performances they've put in. And I think it'd be a different question if it was Millie Bright, but I don't think Khadija Buchanan has necessarily had the level of performances this season either where you're like, you must put her back in mm. because she's going to be really key I actually think it's like well if this is kind of working and you know obviously Mielder and Ericsson are kind of slower players but we've seen whether it's by adding Jess Carter to the back three or using any of Carter, Charles or Perisette um, that there's been the opportunity to cover to cover ground there as well for to, and just to kind of leave Mielder and Ericsson to Defend the box. Although saying that, Marimelda was doing all kinds of crazy pressing against Everton. So who she's knows? A, she's a new woman. Honestly. She is. It's Age like, is just a number. They have put some new batteries in. That <laughs> scoring that Leon penalty, that was her battery recharge moment. Um, and yeah, I think obviously with the likely departure of Ericsson in particular, that's there's another element where I'm like, oh, this game really feels like it means a lot because I think she'd become the first captain ever to lift the FA Cup three times consecutively wow um and obviously yeah again like a sold out Wembley that would be that would be really cool so yeah I think I think I'd I'd stick what about Lauren James though no. obviously no <laughs> okay easy one there no Move so you, you wouldn't start even though she's played really well against her old club in games this season she has yeah and maybe that is a consideration I don't know I just think given her form and given the fact that Harder's back and that kind of gives you a different like attacking options, that would be my hunch would be to, to start Harder instead. Um, maybe, I, I don't know. Obviously, Lauren James is like the quality of player. You're like, yes, she could always do something and she has been good against United and there is a lot of motivation there. But equally, I feel there's a combination of a couple of things. One, realistically, she hasn't done much in recent weeks. Two, I think in bigger games, we've seen her struggle for Chelsea as well. Like, um, she's found it harder to get into those games, even occasionally for England. I think we've seen that too. So that would be my concern there. The only thing is I'm not quite sure how you then configure stuff. I guess you can maybe put harder on the right with Wrighton on the left and then have either Trankovic or Fleming as the 10. But equally, maybe you want harder as the 10 and then it seems hard to imagine Canarid starting on the right. So then Mm. you're like, oh, do you go back to Lauren James or do Chelsea play the back three again and then you have kind of harder and Kerr as a front two with Wrighton in his tent. That's the advantage Chelsea have over United, I think, in some ways, is that Emma Hayes has played United twice this season. She's won twice this season and they will play exactly the same way they played in both those games where we can sit here and say, to be honest, we actually have no idea really how Chelsea are going to line up and attack. Um, And I think that's their big advantage. Like not only... Are we saying we don't know personnel? We're saying you can mix and match mix and match them into all kinds of different formations and areas of the pitch. And you can do that during the game as well. Uh, sometimes that hasn't worked out for Hayes, obviously. And I don't think it does work out. Well, it, she switched it all up in the Liverpool game and that worked out. So 
yeah, I, I think that uncertainty will, will make it harder for United to, to plan how they want to set up against Chelsea. It, for me, it feels like how it's going to play out if United are going to try and win it is they may try and just be really rigid and hard to break down and nick it in extra time or something like that. I feel like that's the way they're going to have to go about it. Otherwise, if they give Chelsea too much space, I think Chelsea will just punish them. Yeah, and we've seen them do that game plan like semi-successfully twice this season. Like, okay, at King's Meadow they weren't very good at it. And actually, Chelsea should probably have scored more because, and this comes back to what we're saying, United didn't adjust. Chelsea had the most obvious game plan in the world and United just let them do it again and again and eventually they did score. But that was hard to judge whether it was like the United were rigid or whether because actually Chelsea were like, we're going to be rigid and that's why we're going to play this very reserved game plan. Um, Which obviously also then became a version of the Barcelona game plan, interestingly. At... when Chelsea played away at LSV, United, I think, were better at being more compact and it took a while for for Chelsea to like eventually ba- break through that. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, despite United never beating Chelsea, the past fixtures are a very weird mixture because there's a couple of games where Chelsea absolutely like just destroyed them a lot of it was individual errors as well in that especially what, that LSV like what was it 6-1 yeah. or something yeah it was the press in in particular that United couldn't deal with uh, and we've seen Chelsea do the press at Wembley and Arsenal couldn't deal with it but Chelsea haven't really played like that this season so I don't know if we're going to see that kind of those kind of errors from United and then there's a number of games where Chelsea played United which have been nervy like even the the game at the end of last season was as becky will remember <laughs> oh, <laughs> quite gosh, tense yeah. yeah um and there's been plenty of times where so that's why i feel like even though united have never won and that is a big boost it's not quite the same as being like the gap between chelsea and united is massive because it ha- you know that the first result between chelsea and united was a draw so there's always, I think, been the sense that United can get at Chelsea, even if every time Chelsea have been able to do a Chelsea thing and pull it out of the bag. Yeah, I'm not going to do predictions because I just feel like then, Jesse, you'll curse yourself and I don't want to be responsible for any of that because, yeah. I don't curse myself, you, you curse I me. Curse you. <laughs> I actually think it's going to be really, really interesting. It's not... Dullest game ever incoming. <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as clear-cut as I saw that Conti Cup final when I still don't know how the hell that happened. But that just, yeah, blew me away. And credit to Arsenal for what they did that day. But I think this is going to be a bit more of a chess match, actually, and kind of... Um, I think Emma Hayes has been impressive... Um, last couple of weeks of how she's managed situations, especially kind of when she's been on the edge at times this season. So, yeah, but that's enough football chat. Now on to the silly stuff for our special Eurovision Song Contest WSL mashup. Right, so this idea came straight from the stato mind of Jesse Parker Humphreys. They can do it all. They can do it all. Um... We're going to be putting together our own little Eurovision Song Contest. We're going to be coming up with a host, a host city, an actual MC host, commentary team, some acts, everything. Becky will be our fearless judge. Do you have a nickname or are we going just um, BTG? I actually forgot to think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what's, something, what's something really camp? That's what, that's what Eurovision is. Like a drag name. You'd yeah. be like a drag judge. Actually, actually, I've got one. Okay, uh, here we go. This is... I, I'm stealing this from Izzy Wilson, someone that I play football with, who said that if she was going to be a drag king, her name would be Neil Poir. <laughs> oh, that's very, very good. Yeah. So that's I'm going to be Judge good. Neil Poir. Thank yeah, you, Izzy. I like that. I like that. That's good. Love that. Um, so, Neil Poir. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming in and judging You can just call us. me Neil. Neil. <laughs> Neil, thank you so much for coming from... Where are you from, Neil? <laughs> Come on. It's like improvisation. <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's touch into your drama school, you know, drama secondary school. Not drama, actual drama school, but, you know, secondary school, drama, year nine. Get into it. Where are you from, Neil? Coventry. Oh, oh I don't think you're place. Belgian. <laughs> no. 
Well, um, thank you so much for joining us, Neil. You're so welcome. Um, great to have the good people of Coventry with us on today's episode. <laughs> Neil, please introduce the categories. Um, I would like to hear your host city first. So I want Wait, wait, let me go. Let me do this first. <laughs> I, I want to open an envelope and then we're going to be like, the host of Eurovision 2024 <laughs> okay, okay, okay. is... Okay, ready? Can you do some sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, it, what are the people that do sound effects on like the Foley arches? artists? Foley artists. I've so not got a future in like that. It's like this. Um, shh, that's why. I don't know. Does that sound like paper? No. Anyway, this is my like set blatter vibes. The host of Eurovision 2024 is... Milton Keynes. Uh, <laughs> I thought it might be. <laughs> did you actually? Yeah, I did think you Just might be. Just because I love Keynes. Milton Keynes. Yeah. I don't know why, because everyone knows that they're like the tormentors of English football, but it's fine. We won't get into that. Yeah, but. that's true. But that's not Milton Keynes's. Not the city fault. itself. I no. just I wanted somewhere that you know meant something to women's football <laughs> as, as given something to women's football. <laughs> I wanted something somewhere that I felt could could host all the people who are coming to this WSL Eurovision. And when I went to Milton Keynes for the Euros, there was nobody there. So I thought, perfect. <laughs> There's lots of room for people. Yeah. There's obviously the UK's biggest ASDA. Yeah, I'm actually... <laughs> I, that would be... That's a big win for me. I loved it in there. So that's useful for whether you're going to the event or whether you're watching at home somewhere to get lots of snacks yeah um the only slight thing i'm concerned about is that i did find the nightlife in milton Keynes mm. quite disappointing so i will be writing to the government to get <laughs> a special late license <laughs> for the entire city do you not remember though that like big gay club when you drive towards oh, yeah. it it almost looks like it's attached to a canal there's like boats and stuff did you drive past it we, I, I, we it, drove yeah. past it Alex and I remember Sue did not take me on that route Sue um, tweeted about it as well I didn't go there but there is like a big gay club kind of on the outskirts well, in a village good. somewhere so that's where the after party but yeah, there would need be. to be like coaches or transport arranged but that's fine because don't you remember Oh, I don't know if you guys got the co we got bust from the centre of Milton Keynes oh. to the stadium oh, no no, we parked. There was actually quite a lot of parking. Yeah, we parked well, in the car park too. Yeah, and all those food outlets. No, so we because we were staying in Milton Keynes, we went and they'd arranged all these buses that then you got on. So they know how to put on an event. Exactly, exactly, and that's why I was so impressed. Yeah, by it. Um, you've you've sold it to me. I, I I'm good. taking everything into consideration. I also think it for decorating the city. Obviously mm. crucial we can put little flags or like monuments of each country on each of the roundabouts. Yes. Ah, Amazing. Like yeah. So there and we go. And what about the big Asda next to the stadium? Have you got plans? What are you going to do with that big Asda? Well, I obviously said already that people can get their snacks from But there. isn't it the biggest Asda in like... In the UK. In, in the, the UK. UK, yeah. I've revealed that already. Yeah, but <laughs> I feel like it needs to be like, there needs to be something special happening there. No, because you don't want to interrupt... Asda's flow, like they're doing their own thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, you don't, you don't want it to be something other than the biggest Asda in the UK. Like you want to visit it and experience that as a shot. Yeah, that's just part of like, you know, I'm sure people will have gone to Liverpool to visit, like, you know, the Liverpool landmarks yeah. as well. As what, so why don't you Eurovision. do the welcome show outside, outside the Asda? Asda? I quite like that. On the, okay. on the, on the Monday on the night roof. or whatever. On the roof. On the roof. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Done. 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 Welcome okay. show on the roof. Okay, love that. Right, okay, and then we've got, what's the next category? No, 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 you You've go. got to do yours. You're oh, I've got to do my whole quick go yeah. one by one. Okay, so, my... <laughs> yeah, who wants to do this? You Do you want to intro? Okay. Oh, I get to say... Yeah, you want to in intro 2025? Maybe I'll take the year after you're you. You're doing the year after. No, okay. no, you're in competition. Oh, okay. So, so this year. is 2024. Yeah. Okay. Oh. The host <gasps> of Eurovision... 2024 is Birmingham. Woo! Why? You should be happy with that, Neil. It's Midlands. Yeah, true, actually. Well, no, but I mean, maybe as someone from Coventry, do they I'll hate Birmingham? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel don't, like they're still Midlands spirit. I'm going to say, as a Coventry native, Mr. 
Point. <laughs> Monsieur Point. <laughs> I fucking hate Birmingham. Wow. Okay. Dread to your Midlands. I'm furious that you picked but a fine. different That's city. That's tough in, for in Flo Birmingham. because when she planned this, she didn't know no, where I was from. Commentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. Actually not fair, I didn't know where I was from until, <laughs> yeah, until in the you, moment. Wait till you hear this, guys. Host venue, the Poundland Bescott Stadium. Shut yeah. up! Football heritage right there. WSL okay, heritage. Uh, so I knew it was going to be that. When, <laughs> before this episode, Flo kept going, I've got a great, I've got a great location. I was like, it's going to be Poundland Bescott Stadium. Like, I can see it um, coming a mile and, off. And, uh, point and, of order, yeah. isn't the Poundland Bescott Stadium not in Birmingham? It's in Walsall, but the biggest city is Birmingham. So that's the main thing. But do you know why we're going to go to Birmingham? Because there's going to be a special Eurovision party at the Crown <gasps> in Digbeth, oh, the oldest pub in Birmingham you that has are. a well. You have you are. you have tailored this. <laughs> that is smart. You have Becky Taylor guild this so that much. That is so smart. So if anyone follows account press feed or Becky, you would have seen that last week we visited the best pub in the world, the best pub I've so ever been great. to, called the Crown, a which pub is a that people loved so much they recognised where we were yes. from just a picture of us in the garden. It is not only haunted, iconic. I hate ghosts, but that's still iconic. It has a well that's like a, a million feet deep and really old. It has a huge outdoor garden with huge screens it's an old kind of thatched Elizabethan like what was the year anyone? 1352 or something wild that is so old um, great drinks um, great vibes great veggie Big burger screen. great veggie burger so we're going to be having a launch party there okay. um, Neil will be obviously a huge <laughs> VIP guest <laughs> that is thank you um, and that's a core part of it is because we really want to like lean on the local community yes um, Warsaw is about like 15, 20 minutes drive from Birmingham. But the main thing is, is that, you know, it's it's actually rooted in the community and it's, you know, mm. involving the whole of the area, not just the bullring, which we all know and love, but it's more it's more than just the bullring in this in this um, you know, historic event. So uh, yeah, that's um Will you have I believe Poundland Bescott Stadium has played host to a number of children's animals over this season i believe they've had like the gruffalo <laughs> there and potentially peppa pig will they be invited well you're jumping ahead a little bit but what is i did gruffalo what i did want to say what i did want to say is that um the Brisbane Road beatboxers will be one of, of the acts. Of they, will they will be the UK entry. So you jumped ahead a little good. bit, but you know we didn't really jump ahead. You, I just you asked if the yeah, graph. You just was you too excited. You could have kept that to yourself. But I just wanted to. Do, I wanted to reference stadium performers, and the, you know, I think we really need to lean on some of the historic performers that we've had the Gruffalo being you know shout out the Gruffalo um, but the beatboxers of Brisbane Road deserve an opportunity to show what they're made of on, a, on the global stage and that is why so true I'm exclusive announcement I'm breaking news here I'm excited to reveal that the UK 2024 entry is the Brisbane Road beatboxers don't know your names but good luck um, well, that leads us perfectly on to acts. Thank you very much. Is that your only act? No, I've got some other ones on okay, my sleeve. But okay. do you want to give Jesse an opportunity? You know, I don't want to, like, you know, already impress Neil too much. No, I think that you can carry on with your act, seeing as you okay. just you got a bit excited and just went for it. Okay, Ireland. Obviously, Kate McCabe and Rusha Littlejohn duo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would be very camp. I think it'd be great. It's giving Jedward, but like they're obviously a couple, so I don't want to be like but weird lesbians. about it. But <laughs> lesbian, Jedward. Lesbian, Jedward. Lesbian, and Jedward kind of give me lesbian vibes anyway, <laughs> so it works. Um, so yeah, they're the entry for Ireland. So Chiramusevic for Sweden. Did you ever get a, a DM from Jedward in that period on Twitter where Jedward was just randomly <laughs> DMing everyone? No, I did no, get followed by John Cena in a similar when John Cena was yeah. just following everyone. That was weird. I didn't, but I work. I work. Uh, account did. Yeah. Um, so Zatira so Musevic, uh, obviously iconic WSL goalkeeper, and she has her own blog. She comes across as extremely eccentric, and that is what <laughs> you need for Eurovision because she's kind of fun. Slightly weird vibes, so I'm into it. Who is the campus WSL team? Do you think campus? Yeah, because that's what Eurovision's mm. all about. That's who's who's leaning into it hard out of all those teams? I think Man City have like a yeah. strange camp vibe. I know to what you them. mean. Yeah, but I couldn't think 
of who from Man City is camp would like make an entire vibe. Yeah, mm. I couldn't figure out who exactly would make an act, but yeah, I feel like it was cemented when Leila Harvey posted that picture this week of Lauren Hemp just holding <laughs> a rainbow flag, flag yeah. at City Brunch. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is camp. Um, and then, so I want. I think Zatira Musevich would do like a ballad. Um, I think I, I don't know if she can play the guitar, but I feel like she can. I don't know why I imagined it, but I feel like she would play the guitar and sing some Swedish ballad. But then one of the favourites, I think, for this Eurovision Song Contest would be Anne Katrinberger's German techno entry, which Ooh. I think would just really be the bookie's favourite because I can imagine her like sunglasses on, headphones on. And it's just like, and she's just DJing and everyone's like, she wouldn't like actually sing. No singing. Punk when they've just got their hats on. Literally. So the Chelsea goalkeepers are going to not only have been competing for the number one spot all season, they're competing for an even bigger glory. Yeah. Multi-talented, you should be proud of your gals. Multi-talented. I am. I am. So yeah, those are kind of my key entries. So yeah. Okay, Jesse. Okay, I I've got um a girl band, but I don't exactly know how to make them work because they all come from different countries. Okay. But I would like to see the LW Arsenal girl band uh, representing across yes. England, Austria and Switzerland. Leah Williamson, Leah Volte and Laura Wienreuter. Obviously, the ACLs to two of them. <laughs> it might be like a West Lifestyle seated. Yes, <laughs> it could be like the Sugar Babes on some stools. But this is 2024. So what happens when the key changes because they can't stand up? Uh, crutches. They have to get up on their crutches. Get up on their and, crutches. The and Leah Volte will have to be the one who really like steps yeah. forward and I think leads. From yeah, that like point. okay. So Leah Volte is the like the like she's the main one. The I Harry think. Styles. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, definitely. The Ronan Keating. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think they would be very good. Um, I'm going to reach to a past WSL player who really gives me Eurovision energy, and that is Jill Rod. I think she would yeah. be a very good entry for the Netherlands. Um, she is just... She would be a ballad girl, I think. Um, but obviously... Everyone kind of loves her so I think it would work I don't think it'd be boring it'd be like boring yeah. but also intriguing moving moving poignant yeah exactly then I have um, I'm putting all of the Australian girls in the WSL into a Blazing Squad-esque <laughs> massive Australian group wow Alana Kennedy is definitely going to be doing some rapping I could see Sam Kerr doing some some break dancing. I think, For sure. yeah, uh, maybe flag waving because we obviously had her carrying the flag, <laughs> so she's good at that. Although she was then sick apparently, yeah. so I don't know whether that was nerves. That's a bit of a, a concern for me <laughs> on um, the big stage. But I think all of them would be really good together. I did think about Ella Toon being the UK entry because I know she really loves to sing but she is also unfortunately terrible at it but I think that makes it funnier so yeah maybe maybe Ella Toon can be my UK entry mm. um, also like we don't want to host it two years in a row so yeah well we so already well, we are in this situation in this, exactly we're going to host it three years, years in a row, row. <laughs> So maybe we just we throw it, but maybe we do because that's like Chelsea winning the FA Cup three. <laughs> Should we? Move? But Chelsea don't have to then host, spend lots of money to host it. So. No, that's true. Should we move on to our kind of MCs stop, and commentators? Stop seeing my job. Sorry. <laughs> Can Neil? we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Who is your your Graham Norton Graham Norton's? So my Graham Norton duo would be obviously our very own Jilly Flatty <laughs> alongside Robin Cowan. Two iconic commentators, co-commentators of you know the game. What? I like that, but I think what Jilly needs alongside her, because she can be very serious. She needs someone ridiculous with her to really like balance That's why out. I thought maybe you should put her with Kate Longhurst. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. I did have them I down. I actually have then... not. I've asked them. I thought about it, but I didn't think they had so the right energy. So who have you energy. gone for? <laughs> Sorry, um, Kate and Jilly. It's just not rude. right. You Sorry. said she's too serious. Now you're like wrong energy. It's not. Jilly's not too serious, but like, I don't know. I think she needs someone's energy to bounce off to like be ridiculous. 
Okay. No, I get it. I get it. So the crux of this whole competition might come down to the two people I've selected because you've already offered them another opportunity, which is to perform. (laughs) But I've gone with um, Rusha and Katie McCabe. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I did think about that, but then I thought they're just... They're dry and they're funny. And I think what Graham Norton is very good at is like you have to be able to do the serious bit where you're like, you know this person escaped a war-torn country and this, you know, and I feel like they could do that. And here they are doing something ridiculous. And then kind of take the piss out of everything that's silly. So I also, they've just both got really nice accents, Mm, which I think, yeah, is also crucial. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to like throw in something to appeal directly to Neil Poir because they floated that. So do do you have anything to suck up with just to like... I also... Do you want me to say you should... Commentate or <laughs> no, we're just we, giving you the opportunity. You know, well, we Flo, have... Flo really like directed this at me, and I don't know if you were smart about it. Well, no, because I didn't know anything about you until neither did I. I but it's just worked out really well because I'd actually already written down the crown before I even knew Becky was from. Well, maybe you're just I mean, Neil. Sorry, with, uh, um, Neil. But I would would say host. We haven't touched on host, so the host, like you know, on stage host, because we've just got Ryland hosting um, and taking a lot of the responsibility up in Liverpool. But my host for the whole show, not just commentating, is going to be Amber Gill because <gasps> I think we oh, need. This some is so Becky. Hun, I'm sorry, we need some Hun representation and some Wang representation in this. Is event. she going to do it with Jen? I think Jen will feature, but like they Abel would be, be a good commentary. I, did, I actually duo, did think actually. that they would be a good. I because I, Jen's like serious. Yeah, I think Amber they would silly. be pretty good. I mean, Neil, if you you can obviously you know take if take Rusha my and Katie want to perform instead of commentate i will and get jen a, and amber okay as my good that's good to know we'll, we'll make a note back up um and then what about my host oh sorry you go i am going for uh chaos and um calmness in uh guru writing and aaron cuthbert mm. as my hosting duo um i like that a lot i think yeah, I love they that. would be i think uh guru obviously has that like scandy energy where I just think that's so important at Eurovision (laughs) that someone who's just like their English is more perfect than anyone who like grew up speaking English somehow. And then Aaron Cuthbert can be the kind of incomprehensible one. Yeah, (laughs) And I think they'd be very funny together. I like it. Is that is that all of our elements? We've got one more, I think, haven't we? I've Which got is one, the, I've, I've... the person that you see when they do the points. You know how oh, each yeah, country. Yeah. So we're gonna. I've have... only come up with one of these. Yeah, I've only come one. Not all the countries. No, I know. But yeah, I've I only thought... come up with one. So I don't know who who you go, Jesse. So I'm. I've got quite a Chelsea theme, I guess. Um, I'm g- giving Melanie Leupoldt to Germany, like because she literally looks like every single one of those women who <laughs> does it. You're Do you know so what right. I mean? You're like, so right. yeah. Generic European babe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She is yeah. the WSL's very own generic European my favorite, babe. My favourite part of it is like the, peop- you, like the people that we get on to do it, you're like, haha, that's really funny, like. So every country must have that. It, it's like yeah. such, it's kind of like B-list celebrity, and I just I want to know about all of them. I want to know their stories. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Who have you gone for? I've gone for the DJ from Boss Park Wembley because he's always <laughs> got to have a role. Flo, how <laughs> many actual WSL players? You're like this is like the WSL player Eurovision, and you've got like one WSL no, player. No, it's English football heri- women's football heritage. That's and not he- how you pitched it to me though. <laughs> Jesse's fuming because I think they know where this is going. I feel <laughs> like the rug's been pulled out from under me for I'm the sorry, pitch for this. No, That's why I said if you want to like add some ones to suck up I to, to, to me, the judge Neil Poir. Neil Poir said, you know, just reflected on the fact that whenever you watch Eurovision, you look at those people, do the points, and you think, yeah, that guy's so random. Who are they? That's so cringe. And they're like, oh my God, it's the DJ from Bugs Park. Iconic. That's I cringe, hope he's but I love there it. on Sunday. Yeah. So anyway. Um, but maybe he won't be because maybe he'll be doing Eurovision. <laughs> Neil, do you need some time to, to think about think, it? I don't um, think Neil I, needs any time. Some consider. I don't, uh, yes. Okay. Just give me one moment. Should please. we talk? I'm going to consider all of my options. While Neil thinks, should we just quickly talk about some of the acts we're looking forward to? Um, Lorraine. This year's Lorraine. 
Lorene just Lorene. banger tattoo. Obviously, another entry for her from Sweden. What do you think her chances are, though? Because I think it's quite hard to do back to back. Did did Abba do back to like did more than one win or? I don't think they won more. I don't. I feel like I no one's so. made. I don't know if anyone's a mul- multiple. Feels I like think some Island, people have Island, entered multiple times. Island won back to back in the nineties. Yeah. Wow, that is good trivia right there. Yeah. I know. I know. Lots of people do multiple, like come yeah. but not win. That's really hard to do. But like you're saying, Ireland, like the same country, won back to back. But you're talking about Lorene winning twice. Oh, it wasn't the same act, was it? They were. They. I'm not sure if it was the same act, but they. Wow, Ireland have won it shitloads because they hosted in 71 81 88 and here's the run 93 94 95 and 97 let me check if it was the same act why was Ireland so killing it my mum said that they they once in like 95 when they won it that's when they introduced river dance wow so I would vote for May Muller what are we feeling about her, her chances doing it May Muller, everyone seems to really like her. She seems like a very nice woman. Um, I'm only basing that from the fact that she likes trans people, but actually that's a bar that lots of people don't cross in this country. (laughs) Yeah, true. The bar is pretty low. (laughs) Um, But I, despite that, I will say I don't love her song. It's not that memorable, but then it's so, I find it so hard to read what's going to win. So like, but I, I always go towards Euro Trash pop bangers there are quite a few of those in Eurovision as there always is but always the, the ones I like never win but some other ones I like Belgium's entry Gustav because of you Azerbaijan's entry tell me more Tural Turan fake Duran Duran um, I don't know I don't think either of those are going to win I don't think they're the bookies favourites um, but the, I think um, there are some classics Austria's ones kind of catchy as well and what was the other one you liked um, I like the Czech entry from Vesna, my sister's crown and also the French more. Was it the French one? I assume. Well, it, I listened to it and it was in French, so yeah. I thought it'd be a bit straight. I couldn't think of another European. I guess Belgium. Yeah, I the Belgium one's in English, but okay. Um, I just uh, now they. I just checked Wikipedia and some really great Island Eurovision trivia for you. Uh, it was three different acts that won it three consecutive times. Ireland holds the record for the most victories. How Seven many? wins, including wow. three consecutive wins. Because I would have wins. guessed Sweden. Yeah, same. Also, this is great. Ireland is the only country to host the contest consecutively and is one of eight countries to never turn down the chance to host the event. Wow. <laughs> Out of our cold, so dead hands. So actually, Katie and Rusha doing the hosting that would make sense it's like is it, good heritage yeah. is it just Bucks Fizz that have won it for UK before or Lulu actually maybe maybe yeah, it's just because obviously like Sam Ryder came second but we're hosting anyway um, Neil please before we go would you care to announce who the winner of Eurovision Song Contest hosting um, bid is going to be and the city that will host Eurovision. Actually, you did a really good. Can you do it and I'll announce it? You did a really good Eurovision voice when you were announcing before. <laughs> and the host of Eurovision 2024 is Birmingham. Poundland Bescott Stadium Boo. cannot wait to host this sensational event next year. Uh, can't wait for the Brisbane Road beatboxers to win it for the UK. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Enjoy Saturday Eurovision. Enjoy Sunday Women's FA Cup final. And we will see you all finally on a Monday because we've got a bit of a bank holiday breather. So catch you all then. 